government is of the moms, by the moms. Yeah. Government is some, some not not some, it, not some other idea, entity right? that it crams down on its citizens. Yeah. It is meant to be representatives of who we are as a collective. Joyful Warriors, we have the ultimate Joyful Warrior here with us right now, Attorney General of Florida, Ashley Moody. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. I like the title. I like Joyful Warrior. Maybe instead of Attorney General Moody, I should be referred to as Joyful Warrior Moody. You can be Joyful Warrior (laughs) Attorney General Moody. Yeah, so Ashley, you are a working mom. In fact, you're the first working mom with a child at home to be elected in Florida. You were elected first in 2018, elected again. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. 2022. Fresh off a re-elect. It feels good. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So tell us a little bit about what led you to be attorney general. Well, you know, when I was in law school decades ago, I thought I was going to be a civil litigator, a business lawyer uh, when I retired. And when I got out of law school, I went and worked at a large business law firm and loved it. I did like it. I had training in accounting and um, I have a master's of law in international law. I did love that. But I stumbled into a federal court one day, uh, trying to, you know, become more familiar with that process. Saw a, a federal prosecutor in action, and that was it. I decided I wanted to, you know, leave the high-paying <laughs> private practice world and serve my country. And to this day, I will tell you that one of the proudest moments of my career is the first time I stood up in court and said, "My name is Ashley Moody, and I represent the United States of America." the best feeling, the best job. Even now, I look back on it. Every day I went into work and I'm like, I'm going to get the bad guys. I'm going to protect our communities. I'm going to do, you know, justice for our nation. And uh, I miss that very much. And I loved it. Uh, Then became a judge for over a decade. Uh, If you want to know what's really going on in our state, in our country, uh, go to a court and sit in a courtroom. And so I witnessed everything from serious crime, to the destruction of families, to the opioid epidemic ravaging communities. And I said to my husband, who's a career law enforcement officer, I said, you know, I think I have this very, um, inner, you can probably tell I'm very energetic. I have a lot of passion for contributing using my experience. I said, I think I can be more effective in stabilizing communities, because that's what you're doing as a judge. You're taking chaos or conflict, applying the law, and hopefully producing order on the other side of that. If I ran to be the attorney general, which would use all of my previous lives and backgrounds in a a more um, proactive way in the executive branch, and thank goodness I have a husband who, despite the fact at the time when we were having these discussions, my son was so young, so, so young, He said, absolutely, I'm 100% behind you. Whatever you need, let's do it. And we didn't look back from that moment. I'm not going to say it was an easy process. Um, Although I've been a Republican since college, moving from the judicial branch into the executive branch and and certainly a political office has been a challenge. Uh, But I feel really uh, purpose-driven in this role right now, this moment in time, you know, when we're facing so much as a country, so much as a state, so much as moms trying to parent our children. Seriously. I truly think um, I could be in no better place right now to use everything that I've learned to make a difference, not just for my child, 
but for other children, yours and all the, the children, uh, and, and hopefully not only our state, the rest of the nation, by well, some of the work we're doing. I am a, a resident of Florida. I've been watching you. I think you're doing a wonderful job. And, and I guess the question really is, for a lot of our moms, how did these issues that really are not partisan issues, that shouldn't be political issues that divide us, right? How have these issues become so political and, and been made to be so partisan? Because when we're talking about fundamental parental rights, Democrats and Republicans don't own the space as far as fundamental rights are concerned. Right, right? and that's very similar. I remember vividly summer 2020, uh, I was, you know, doing an interview or giving us a, a talk, and then now, of course, this would be almost three years ago, but I remember it hit me at, at that moment in time when so much a chaos in our streets, crime in our streets, attacks on law enforcement officers. I'm not just talking verbal, no. critical. People should be able to be critical, certainly. Uh, but physical attacks on our law enforcement officers, physical attacks on our federal court buildings and our, and our government buildings, our statues. I remember thinking at that moment, when did supporting law and order and the men and women that take the oath to become law enforcement, like one of the most dangerous professions you can sign up for. Thankfully, there are people willing to do that. But when did that become partisan? I was, it, it, it almost hit me almost like a, a, a wave. Yeah. I mean, like that a tsunami. Was, it, was one, it was the one thing where I thought we could all agree that if we ask somebody to wake up every day and run into danger. Risk their lives. While we run out, right. by the way, with our children in tow that we can at least say as a whole, the profession, we support it. What can we do to make their lives easier? What can we do to help them? It doesn't mean that we don't speak out when we believe that there is things, things that can be improved, where there are maybe bad, it doesn't mean we don't speak out. It must, we must always seek to improve our systems. But it hit me then, and this is one of the, it, it, it reminds me of, of where you are right now and the things that you're speaking out for. You know, historically, making decisions on what's best for our children, that has always been presumed to have been left to parents. And while the last few years certainly have been daunting and many health um, ways for people, especially you know when the pandemic first started and people were trying to figure out what was what it was and and how, how they could protect their families, how they could protect their families. Yeah. It, it, there was a challenge. There was a challenge there. I remember when um, we were trying to get schools back open uh, in August of 2020. People sued the governor. They sued the yeah, state. Yeah, they did. For they did. To the governor on July open. 6 came out with Richard Corcoran and said schools are going to be reopened. And then the Florida Education Association, the teachers union, I, I call them the K-12 cartel. You may be new, but I'm just going to tell you. I know you can't. Well, there I'm was call there was a lot of revisionist history recently. I don't know there if you was remember. Quite a bit. Yeah, but yeah. I said, wait a second. There was a lot of litigation back there in yeah. August of 2022. And they actually won in court, didn't they? At first, and then the governor actually appealed that decision. Well, as you remember, and I. I remember this. My child was back in school, and it was for it was so important, as yeah. you know. Oh, I'm trying so to do what every working parent is trying to do, and that is to make sure their child is educated and provide for their family. And you know, so I remember that. Like it was yesterday. So you remember there was some consternation there. Were there were a lot of challenges over the last few years, but one of the things that has come out of this, Moms for Liberty, is a great example. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we. And I mentioned this just recently in my in the panel I just did in CPAC. 
over the last few years, there have been incredible challenges. I think we have seen as American citizens, our country face things we never thought we would Ever. be dealing with. Yeah, totally. But how many people are waking up so and going, that's happening? Yeah. That's going on? You mean when I do a search, they're only giving me what they want to give me? You mean when I put my child in school, they're teaching them something that I would never, ever in a million years talk to them about yet? Um, Honestly. So these are things that I think, well, it's been challenging. And, and as a society, of course, it's caused, you know, some conflict of ideas. But it's good that we're having this. It's good that, that organizations like you have, have started to spread the information so that parents understand this is happening. I think there's been a lot that's been going on this whole time that nobody knew about. My moms weren't talking about it. That's the thing for me. You know, when I ran for office in 2016, my youngest was four. Um, and so moms really weren't talking about what was happening in our schools, what was happening in our country at that point. I got a peek on school board behind the education curtain and got to see. But I think what I really love right now is that moms are on the playground, they're in the school parking lot, they're online, and they're talking to each other about politics, about what's happening in our schools, about some of the decisions happening and being made in our country and they're really taking a step back and saying, this government does not work well without us. And so I see more and more moms stepping up to serve in office, well, which has been I amazing. Well, and I think what we're really, all of us are remembering as a, as a linchpin, as, as, as a true foundation, government is just us. Right. Government is of the people, by the people. Government is of the moms, by the moms. Yeah. Government is some, some not, not, some, is, not some other idea, entity right, right. that it crams down on its citizens. Yeah. It is meant to be representatives of who we are as a collective, what we believe is best for our communities. And I just think that moms have said, oh, you mean I can't just uh, sign my child up for school and trust that everything that they're... Shocking. Teaching and saying and doing is what I would approve. And Speaking so of that. It's good. It's good. I, re I remember when we were together last, I, I, I showed you a flyer uh, that someone had, had shown me. I think I actually recited all the topics that they invited kindergartners to come listen to. And maybe it's because we're closer to that age you know, with our children, and we know kind of what is appropriate, what will be taken in, how it will be we taken see, well, in. Well, I think we see we see the world through the eyes of our children. You see how how I mean, they're children. They, they the, how naive they are, and and that's part of being young. And you think about the things that they believe in. I mean, kids believe in Santa Claus. You know, I want to talk to you about some of the transgender stuff we've seen, even in Florida schools, kind of going behind the backs of parents. One of the things I've said about this idea of of gender identity, or or is, is that you can tell a child that Santa doesn't exist, and they're going to be sad for a while, but they'll get over it eventually, right? When a child figures out that Santa may not be real, you tell a child that that they're born in the wrong body and they take irreversible steps, right, to change who they are as a person physically, there's more than sadness. There, there's something that can never be taken back. And so you are Attorney General of Florida. We're dealing with some really serious issues of the government and we have government schools. We need to be honest about that, I think. you know government schools working behind the backs of parents, having secret meetings, and parents are really asking, how is this happening? So from your perspective as an attorney general, I kind of want to understand, where do you see your role 
right now as an attorney general in these issues and, and how can moms and dads work with their attorney general in their state to have clarity around really what their rights are in public schools? Well, I think the first thing, and we've talked about this, the, the most important thing a parent can do if they feel like their school is overstepping the bounds of what a school is um, expected to handle within the confines of the school Reasonable day, expectations. I, I truly believe they have got to bring this to the attention of the Department of Education. I mean, we have been involved... Uh, we work closely with our agencies throughout Florida. We work closely with the governor's office. Um, it's important that they report it. And yeah. you and I have often talked about as mothers, it would be so nice if there was, every parent knew, if there was something they didn't feel right about, if they felt like something um, was being given to or taught or shown that was way outside the bounds of what a school should be teaching, they should report it. And yeah. we wish that there was this... An easy way to do so. I think every I think Manny and I think you know to to we think about Florida and this blueprint of Florida, this you know freedom blueprint. I see great strides being taken by our Department of Education. Manny Diaz, who served as a senator but is now the Commissioner of Education, is opening up that line of communication. I think it's going to make all the difference. All the difference. Yeah. I, and, and sometimes you and I have also talked about this when there is that back and forth and exchange of information. We're able, you're able to respond to it. One of the reasons I love working with this governor, Governor DeSantis, is that he does not wait for things to stew and stew and get out of control. If you have a frank conversation early, if you get the information early, you do what you can within the scope of your power, right? And I, that's another thing I really like. He tries to identify and stay within the scope of his power. If he feels like he doesn't have it, he goes to the legislature. All the levers them. of power. Yeah, he I know. So He's very good at that. He's so cognizant of the separation of powers. But within his uh, role as governor and certainly overseeing the Department of Education, he has been quick to respond yeah. when the information is given. And again... We, the nice thing about also having a governor that has young children, we're both very passionate about this. We both, yeah. we both want to make sure that the, every child gets an education in a safe haven and a place where parents can trust when they drop them off. They're going to be taught education, that they're going to be brought up as good citizens that understand the importance of government and understand the limits of government. Uh, and so that would be the first thing I would say to parents around the state. If you if you feel in any way that, that something doesn't seem right and you feel like you need to tell someone, tell someone. Report it to the Department of Education. Uh, I think you would be shocked at how they, co they are able to coalesce the information, determine whether or not it's run afoul of, of something that they have, you know, prohibited or issued guidance on and act accordingly. You know, we do that all the time in the Attorney General's office as we're looking at, let's say it's a consumer complaint or other type of complaint. We're looking at what what does this look like in terms of the complaints that have come in? Is there something that we need to kind of stop early before this spirals out of control? And that's what I was going to say. I, I, I have said, made, I've used this analogy, but I think it's very real. Parents don't put a bike helmet on their child because they've seen them 
hurt before. Because they've been hurt before, excuse me. They put a bike helmet on their child because they know the potential is there for their child to get hurt. And, and so when we look at laws and legislation, and you see all of these, happening, these things happening across the country, what happens in California does not stay in California, right? And when we started Moms for Liberty, there were people that said, oh, you just focus on the red states. There's no hope for the blue states. And Tina and I felt very, very passionate about the fact that there were parents in all of these different states of our United States that have the same concerns and that this isn't a, a red or blue issue parental right. It's really smart of you uh, to approach that uh, with that lens because, and I will tell you, people always ask, what does the attorney general do? We right. think they have something to do <laughs> with cops and law enforcement. But what does the attorney well, general job? do? Right. You know, if I had to describe my job in one word, it, it's to protect. Yeah. I protect. It's not just the safety of the community and families working with law enforcement. That's what a lot of people think. That's what they go to. But I'm also protecting the rights of our citizens. I'm in court fighting that. If you remember when the mask mandates came down, I was there. I remember. When, Thank you. You know, when the, the vaccine uh, mandates came down or, you know, I was there. I'm, I'm, we're monitoring that now. I mean, it's when the federal government attempts to intrude upon our ability to be autonomous in our leadership, when they intrude upon the sovereignty of Florida, I am pushing back. I am fighting as hard as I can in court to do that. And why is that important? Because if California standards start getting adopted into federal law, whether that's through law or through the rules that these agencies, these unelected bureaucrats, push down into the state's business, we have to stop that from taking hold and taking effect because you are right, it will spread like kudzu around this nation. And while you may be a Californian that can move to Florida when they get too onerous and too bureaucratic and you're a regulatory right. state and they're cramming down on your rights, what happens when that takes hold all over the nation. Where do you move then? And we're seeing that happen. I mean, you know, Scott Weiner introduced the, the Sanctuary State Bill, I think it was SB 107, um, out in California. And now we see states like Vermont, Minnesota, that are, are really looking at creating sanctuary states for kids to run away. And it's almost like your parental rights don't exist anymore in these states when your child goes there. So very concerning things that I think I'm grateful the age of information, Moms for Liberty has helped parents to communicate more. So if a parent is in a state and they see something happening they're concerned about, I know you said, what does an attorney general do? Just give us a little overview quickly before we end, because I think there are a lot of questions. Depending on what state you live, there are different rules and regulations regarding the role of the AG. Isn't that correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay. And so in Florida, um, we are given you know, you know, know, broader powers. Some. Uh, AGs don't have the same powers that we do, but generally speaking, the attorney generals are going to be working to protect consumers. They're going to be working to represent their states in civil actions. Many have uh, prosecutors, statewide prosecutors, like our office does, so we work with law enforcement around the state. You know, I'm going to go back to, again, I think out of the last few years, positive forces, positive things have come from that, including Moms for Liberty. And you're talking about moms in other states that may not have the same kind of leadership know, that they're we do be here jealous in Florida. They may not have the same Ashley. kind of attorney general, but let yep. me just say, 
We, we joke about this and I believe it's true. Look, moms have a natural inclination when they see something wrong or disordered or chaotic to get it right. Yeah. And to put it you in order. You don't give up on your kids. And to organize it. Right. What Moms for Liberty can do in these states where they don't have the same leadership is organize around this information as it's brought to light. Allow parents to come together in an organized, amplified fashion yes. so that leadership hears them, so that voters hear them. That will help stymie some really bad policy ideas in other states from taking root, spreading, and maybe even jeopardizing and making its way into other states like Florida. So it's a good mission. It's an important mission, one that I believe only moms can do. Well, so keep up the great work. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on the Joyful Warrior podcast. I'm from one mom to another mom. We really appreciate you and everything that you're doing in the state of Florida. And, you know, when we say make America Florida, some of your common sense type of thinking, I think a lot of moms around the country would like to have in their state. So thank you again. Thank you. Good to see you. Too. Nice to see you too.